Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Today I am very pleased to be joined by a uh, filmmaker I've come to know for the years uh, through his films. He uh, first sent me a documentary he had done, Viva St. Agrippina, and then has continued with short films such as Her Heart Still Beats, Nihilism, Under the Dark Wing, and Canari, as well as a couple features, A Life Not to Follow, and Delusion. All of those are available online for you to check out, and uh, I'm very well pleased to uh, welcome to the podcast Christopher Denundio. So today I'm very pleased to uh, welcome to the uh, podcast a writer-director whom I've come to know through his films for uh, quite a number of years now, uh, starting with the uh, documentary Viva St. Agrippina, and then uh, continuing on with a series of short films, uh, Her Heart Still Beats and Under the Dark Wing and Nihilism, and as well as a, a couple of feature feature-length films as well, A Life Not to Follow, and Delusion. And I'm pleased to uh, welcome to the podcast Christopher Denunzio. Thank you very much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. So basically, where, where I usually get started with any filmmaker that I uh, talk to uh, on the podcast is what inspired you to uh, begin to uh, pursue film as a uh, career? Um, it's hard to say. Um, I know in school, um, I had a teacher that introduced me to Edgar Allan Poe. And from there, I kind of got into the world of horror, started getting more into, uh, artistic things. And I think it was, ended up seeing Dario Gento Suspiria, and I thought horror can be art. Mm -hmm. And for some reason that all of a sudden I was thinking about, I liked photography, started going down that route. And then before I know it, I had this desire to want to make films. Okay. All right. Well, let, while you mentioned Edgar Allan Poe, I, I, <laughs> I actually rewatched uh, Her Heart Still Beats uh, for the first time in a while, a couple of days ago in preparation oh, nice. for this podcast. I had <laughs> forgotten that it was an adaptation of the Telltale Tale Heart by Poe. And uh, so I'm, I'm guessing, was, was it basically just that appreciation for Poe as well as the desire to uh, do visual storytelling uh, inspired by Argento, just basically the basis for that film? Uh, yeah, basically, it was Poe, yeah. It was like one of those things where I was thinking about doing something and that I wanted to do something about Poe, and I was like, well, every one of their mothers done something about Poe. <laughs> but then I was like, I thought about that whole inspiration, and I was like, well, you know, I have a personal connection, so mm -hmm. I feel like I should just do it no matter what, and who cares what anyone thinks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I did that and coloring and stuff. I like a lot of those old Italian 70s horror films, especially like Agento and Suspiria where they use those colors. So those always tend to come and play whenever I really use color. Um, but then, you know, just kind of made that film, throw it together and actually did pretty well. So mm -hmm. no, it, it was it definitely held up uh, when I was watching it again. And oh, good. <laughs> I. Uh, no, and, and and it's it's funny because the first film, as I mentioned, the first film that uh, I'd seen of yours was a documentary, Viva Saint Agrippina, and yeah. which is which I 
didn't get a chance to rewatch uh, before the podcast, but I always have uh, had fond appreciation for. I love the way that you tell the story of uh, putting that festival together and that feast together, and it, it was it was amazing. And I look back on my uh, her heart still beats uh, review that the fact that you went from this documentary to very very stylized horror uh genre filmmaking it was it was quite a uh, quite a surprise quite a surprise as well as a bit of a shock like i hadn't really seen a filmmaker uh who's sent me their work before that gone from one very different type of genre to another and uh that was something that really uh stood out for me about going from one film to the other with that I can totally see that. Um, my well, a little more. Of my background is I, um, I end up I lived right down the street from uh, uh, the museum school in Boston, mm-hmm. uh, and so I kind of just literally walked there. So I took some classes there. So I've made tons of. I started off making Super Eight films and uh, sixteen millimeter films, all kind of narrative. Uh, some just completely abstract, somewhere like scratch film, mm-hmm. and then there then there was some narrative. Um, and then so we did a couple in the digital age, starting to use the mini DV because that was what was available, affordable for independent filmmakers at the time. Right. Uh, and so we started messing with that. But I think it was St. Agrippina where I really started, you know, just to, it's the story that I grew up with. And I started just to tell it just to get my name out there. For, originally, it was actually just for the festival people, uh, just because they I have a long history of my family being involved with that. Mm-hmm. And it was like a good thing I can make. And in the worst case scenario, they have something documented. Yeah. Um, and then so after that, getting the name out, I wanted to go right back to narratives. And Heart Still Beats actually the first film where, I don't know, I was in my late 20s or something. That's when I really started feeling good about uh, my artwork, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always have a little special place for that film, that short. <laughs> well, and it, it definitely, it, it definitely, it definitely comes through. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I like about all of your films is that there is something personal comes through in uh, each of your films. But one of the things that I really like about your uh, uh, narrative work is the, uh, is the style, uh, the visual style that you uh, bring to it, whether you're talking about black and white film, uh, like under the dark wing um, or something like uh, her heart still beats or, your uh, feature work uh, it's very stylized it's it it very v- much has a visual sense to it that is uh unique and very very much draws you into the uh film uh what type of uh what filmmakers other than maybe argento would you say you're probably inspired by uh well before i answer that also a good uh give some credit to uh, nolan yee is a, a cinematographer i've worked with for a long time and he has a big influence over a lot of my photography as well. And when her heart still beats, uh, James Sullivan was our, our GP. And again, I you know he brought a lot to the table as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am I am a visual guy. I got into filmmaking because of uh, visuals. Um, but I say besides Argento, who is some um, Bella Tarr is one of my favorite filmmakers. He's a Hungarian filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He makes those type of films that uh, people make fun of, the art house film of people <laughs> sitting around doing nothing but eating potato, those type of things. Uh, there's, there's a lot more. To films are pretty philosophical and uh, uses a lot of camera movement, very slow camera movement. 
Um, but uh, I like his work a lot, especially he does everything in black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a great one. I like a lot of the, I like a lot of old filmmakers, to be honest. I like uh, Andre Tarkovsky. Um, big fan of uh, Fellini. Okay. Uh, Michael. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, what was, I, what was I just saying there? Antioni. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, big fan of Antioni. Um, so a lot of that type of stuff. So I like I like kind of a I like the poeticness about their films. Uh, some of them I feel like have very contemporary type of cinematography, mm-hmm. especially and um, uh, so a lot of the I mean I don't know what it is, but I resonate. I like I like the pace of their films. I, they always felt personal as well. Uh, they always they had this this kind of warm, real touch to them, um, and artistic at the same time. Mm-hmm. I felt like they had everything. They had the, the visual, they had the story, they had the good acting, and they were just, uh, there's something about them that just feel really real to me. Yeah, admittedly, Antonioni is somebody I haven't quite gotten into quite as much, but yeah. definitely Tarkovsky. I've always been a big fan of Tarkovsky. Uh, I, his, his films are absolutely beautiful, and when, when you bring up his name, I can definitely see the in, influence uh, in yeah. uh, his films. Uh, on yours, uh, especially his use of black and white and the uh, the the way he uses color in films, and that's uh, that's that's definitely something that interests me. Uh, one of the you you tend to are there any particular other than her heart still beats, which are, is obviously inspired by Edgar Allan Poe. Is there a particular um, inspiration is there a particular type of story that inspires you because it it does seem like you you tend to if if i remember correctly it's been a while since i've seen a couple of your films but it does seem like uh you 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 do have some uh sort of italian there there are sort of some there are a few more than a few crime films in your uh filmography if i remember correctly (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I definitely tend to do that. I like I like crime a lot. Um, I think it's also it has a lot to do with what you have around too. You know, uh, being from a city, the darker stories kind of uh, those kind of city or crime stories kind of work easier to film. Uh, at the same time, <clears throat> I grew up hearing a lot. Of, you know, you're in the city, you hear a lot of stories like that. Yeah. Um, but it's really just you know sometimes it's an image. Mm-hmm. I have an image in my head and I build a story around it. Uh, other times, there's not too much times I have a, uh, a real, well, there's always like an underlining lining of a message, but it's like hard. You'd have to really, really go back and think about exactly what it was, but it was, uh, those you kind of lay, like, I like to try to layer it with emotions, whatever it is you can, whether you're trying to do something with the writing and, and, or something visually sim- symbolic, but, um, usually I like real stories. I like people who struggle. Um, a lot of times I feel like that's life. And I think when you work on a lower budget, those stories also um, just kind of they work to your benefit, I guess you can say. Right. Yeah. It's your budget a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and rewatching uh, Under the Dark Wing, I had actually forgot. It'd been a few years since I had seen it. I had forgotten about the fact that it's it it's got this crime element to the film, but it's otherwise very ethereal and very spiritual as far as the nature of the narrative and as far as the thematic material of the film and i that that's something that i always uh think is really intriguing when somebody can bring two elements such as that that are and in in a way it it, it reminds one of uh 
Scorsese, although I think you're, especially when it comes to art under the dark wing, it's much more literal, uh, spiritual and ethereal themes than uh, Scorsese has touched on. But I mean, you can sort of see that influence there. Yeah, I still love Scorsese as well. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, definitely with um, with the Dark Wing, I was I was really getting to like just I don't know, randomly doing searching philosophy of death and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things I wanted to do was I thought it would be kind of cool to uh, make this death character. And ours was the form of a, I wrote that with uh, Pedro Alvarado. Who I also wrote uh, a life not to follow with. Um, but one of the ideas with this was just kind of she was this pregnant teenage girl. So she had the young innocence, but then she was also pregnant, which shows fertility and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that, and then she also had these special powers, which she was just figuring out. So we thought it was kind of a cool twilight zone type of thing to do. Yeah. And when I liked the crime element, what was funny is we actually tried to stay away from it as being a very like Italian mafia or anything. But the fact that I had two Italian actors, mm-hmm. people who, You'd still go uh, mention Italian type of other mob guys to compare them to, which I thought was kind of funny. I thought we played it pretty straight, but <laughs> there's only so much you can do. Um, but yeah, I love blending the genres. I think there's just something, you know, sometimes you do it and it's just, it seems like a mashup of things, mm-hmm. but if you do it right. It just feels like a fresh, it can feel like a fresh perspective. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, and I like, I like to do that because it's also very challenging at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, what it it's been a couple of I think delusion was the last well, no, that's not true actually. Uh you you actually remind me uh Kinari was the uh, last film of yours that I had seen. Yeah. And uh you'd remind me that you'd sent me that to watch for a while ago. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh that that's another one where it uses black and white in a very evocative manner. It's very very much like a tone poem. I can definitely see the insp- inspiration of like Tarkovsky and even Fellini to a certain extent, uh, one I'm familiar with with uh, Fellini, um, and uh, what? So, I'm I'm just, what is it that I think? What is it that draws you to tell these spiritual stories? Uh, for that feel first and foremost about spirit and uh, mortality. Uh, you know, it's a. I think that's a question I'm still looking for. <laughs> but it's definitely something in me, and I think there's something about one of the reasons I like filmmaking is I feel like it's another language, and mm-hmm. I feel like I can say a lot more with that language. Um, and sometimes it's really a process of getting to know yourself too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's things I'm connected with too. I don't. I'm not a religious person, but I would say I'm very. I would say I'm spiritual. I'm one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I don't have the answers. I don't know. I'm like most people just looking for them. And I think film sometimes helps that way. It helps to kind of, it's one of the reasons why I like a lot of those old filmmakers. They almost become a case study in a sense where you, you can you can really learn a lot if people are, you know, trying to tell these type of stories or trying to figure things out, figure ideas out. Sometimes it's just an idea and it's entertaining. Sometimes it might uh, trigger something. Who knows? Uh, but I think there's a lot of that is just, again, things I'm interested in. Uh, for some reason, I've always been into that. I, I, I just like I like religions. I like reading about Hinduism and all you know, Buddhism and and uh, other types of things. And I don't know, but always had a strong feeling. Even even when I go to a museum, religious paintings are always the best to me because there's so much emotion and so much dedication to them mm-hmm. and past. And uh, it sure it pours through. 
Um, yeah. And also that there's a lot of funding from the churches back then, so that was what everyone was making as well. But <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I think it's one of those things. You, as you get older, it's not even about what's the question. It, it's uh, not about the answers, really. It's about what is am I asking the right question and mm-hmm. pick that out. Yeah, I'm. De- I'm definitely. I'm. I'm like you. I consider myself spiritual, but not particularly religious. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason that that's one of the things that has ide- struck me about Tarkovsky's work so much over the years is the fact that I he he does have this spiritual aspect to his films, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's fascinating to it, it's fascinating to watch them all and uh, to to see where that takes him as a storyteller, and that's one of the things that's really nice. interesting to me, and. Uh, I, I love his films. He's one of my absolute favorite filmmakers. And yeah, uh, actually, nostalgia. Have you seen nostalgia? Oh yeah, I I yeah, own that's film. that's one of my personal favorites. I don't know yeah. why, but that's one of those films I just have an emotional connection to. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm not sure why, but it's it's a beautiful film. <laughs> oh yeah, and and nostalgia is one that I you know it's it, it's weird because of the fact that yeah I I own all of his films and I actually uh, I actually just did. At the beginning of this year, I actually just did a uh, podcast, an episode on Tarkovsky. Oh, nice! And uh, <laughs> it's and so it's I I love Stalker nostalgia. I'm I am a big fan of nostalgia. I think there there are just some passages of that film that are absolutely beautiful. And yes, it is it is one of those films where it's it's he's you can tell that the characters searching for something and searching for some purpose beyond what he's narratively looking for and mm-hmm. that's one of the things that i i always find really interesting and a part of it is also the fact that tarkovsky's films are always just strikingly beautiful yeah absolutely that's um, one of the things i love the cinematography nostalgia is that one in the room where the you hear that he's uh the two guys are talking you just hear uh, the water dripping, and yeah. then he leans back, and there's like the beam of light on his eyes, and it just kind of can keeps panning, and it just like kind of frames things perfectly, even though there's some slow motion. It's so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what what do you have? Uh, what what do you have that you're working on now? Uh, now I've actually been uh, have a script uh, sitting on, trying to figure out what's the best way. Basically, you need to get funding. Need to get real funding. Uh, before I really want to try another kind of feature. Um, so right now, unfortunately, I'm sitting on that, but I am working on, I've been wanting to do a little bit more photography. So uh, I think at the end, uh, in October, I have a, an exhibit, go, a solo exhibit for some photography work, which I'm right now just worked with this gallery. So I'm going to have to actually produce it. Um, so that's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also been shooting on a good friend of mine who's also an excellent filmmaker, uh, Skip Shea. Uh, his next feature film is called Seeds, and I've been the DP for that. Okay. So I've been still we're still finishing up, uh, but it's been a ton of fun. Skip's great to work with, mm-hmm. keeps things mm-hmm. moving, and he's a good filmmaker that uh, produces really high quality work. So it's uh, really fun to, to be with him and just hang out, and and uh, a lot of great people on this on this set. They put together a great team, so it's been uh, that's been really cool. But it, that's basically my main concern right now is Seeds, <laughs> and then. Uh, and then work on the show and then figure out how, how are we going to get a film funded? <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's something that, uh, that's something that always, uh, interests me when filmmakers such as yourself, uh, you know, I, I've known you online for, uh, many years now. And, uh, what, so 
what what have uh refresh my memory um you you've had some of your films on the when was the last time you had some of your films on the festival circuit well canary was la last uh last year but we did we did very small festivals um we played um the whole point of canary was just to actually make a short film and mm -hmm. release it for free so we did festivals. I think it played nine or ten, but most of them were even festivals that were just free for short films, or mm -hmm. we paid for a couple and got in just because we weren't trying to spend money on it. We were just trying to make this thing and see how many people would see it. Um, but Delusion might have been the last one, I guess, and that played at a few festivals, which I'm completely blanking on now. But <laughs> but you know, then we got picked up for uh, distribution. I didn't with the features. I don't go too far. Um, you know, everyone has a different strategy, but from when some things I've talked about the sales agents was once you you're not getting into a big festival, once you do get into a festival, uh, that's when you start looking for distribution. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, a bigger festival can bring a better uh, pay. Yeah. Uh, but you know, whatever. You, and then you kind of look, and so now that's what Delusions on Amazon Prime. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think a Life Not to Follow got released after that, and that's like everywhere: iTunes, Amazon. All that. But yeah, Delusion must have been last one, so it was a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was just about to uh, bring up where uh, people could find your work. As you mentioned, Delusion oh. is on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Life Not to Fellows on other places like iTunes and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can see that. And also uh, short films. Uh, if, you, if you do Vimeo searches or you do uh, YouTube, I release pretty much most of my short films mm -hmm. uh, for free. Um, the newer ones, usually I wait a while, but I got, um, but yeah, but anyone does a search, like they'll, they'll find something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you said you, you've got a, uh, movie that you're doing DP on and yep. then you've got a, uh, photography show that you're going to work on. Yeah, actually I'm doing this show. It's a, it's a little gallery out in Massachusetts, way out in Massachusetts, actually, uh, Ashburnham, pretty, uh, one of those small towns, but they had this great space and, I'm still coming up with the main concept, but originally what it is, we, we agreed on, I'm doing kind of a short story I'm making, and then instead of it being an actual film, it's just going to be shot in, in just like photography. So it'll be kind of this little story that kind of unfolds through these uh, photos in a, in a gallery. Um, and the kind of point is, you have a theme, you'll get it, but hopefully people can kind of use their own imagination as they look at it and, and tell this little story. So just kind of another another form of telling storytelling. We'll see how it works. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds interesting. Yeah, right? I think it can work. <laughs> so I'm working on that. So I got to, you know, we have till October, so I got to get that idea down and get some people together and shoot and start printing, mm -hmm. which is a, it's always a fun, pro fun process. I haven't printed in a long time, so... But yeah, I've been doing a lot more photography just because it, one, it's expensive to do film, but two, it's like, you know, I want to eventually uh, sit on this feature script I have and try to try to get someone to fund it. So in the meantime, I got to do something creative. So yeah, photography. <laughs> where do, uh, where do some of how, 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 I guess, I guess one of the things that I want to ask is sort of how do some of the uh, ideas for, I mean, we, we've already touched on this a little bit, but how, how do some of the ideas for like your short films or even your narrative films, uh, where, where do those come from? How long do they take to uh, sort of build up and to the point where you're ready to make them? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard, 
hard question. Uh, the um, definitely, like I said, sometimes I just get uh, an image pops in my head. And it's just drawn to me, and I just try to kind of start building a story around it. I don't know how long it would take, but, um, you know, they just kind of pop up, and then sometimes you'll just be out. Like, there's been times, I've, you know, you're walking down with a friend, and you see something happening across the street, and just all of a sudden you think of it in this kind of cinematic terms. And, and again, almost, kind of, you know, you have this idea, like, what happens if this was what's actually going on over in that corner of the street. Uh, and then sometimes I have some stuff that like, you just want to say, or you just, you know, even if it's just kind of some sort of rambling or something, you have some sort of, uh, thing you're trying to get across, I guess, some mm -hmm. sort of message. Um, but for me, mostly, mostly it does come off of like, uh, what am I feeling like something? What image do I want to create? Sometimes it's like, I want to shoot a black and white film. What would work in a white film term, uh, and then sometimes you do just feel like it hits you. Uh, you know, not in the one to say wait for inspiration, but like sometimes you do get inspired by things, and something just kind of hits you like a lightning rod. But otherwise, it's just an image pops <laughs> <laughs> my head sometimes, and I just kind of I kind of start building around this idea around it, mm -hmm. uh, and that's usually how it goes. <laughs> I try to do it organically and just let it kind of grow into something and not try to force it. So that's why I mostly I, I try not to force a message. And if it does get off track, then you just kind of you either have to bring it back or go go away with it. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's really it's actually a good question where a lot of people creativity and where it comes from. It's a pretty uh, interesting concept. <laughs> yeah, it's it, as somebody who you know, I I'm a uh, composer myself. I mean, I've composed <laughs> over the years, and uh, yeah, I, I I've definitely found that sometimes. Sometimes an inspiration definitely hits you uh, fast and furious, and you just have to get something out. And then other times it feels like it can be sort of you're going through a wasteland just waiting for something. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I think one of the I think one of the reasons for for me for that over the years it's just kind of occurred to me that I'm while I, I still enjoy writing music and I still enjoy creating in that respect, I, I'm much, I'd much rather just take in other people's work and I enjoy taking in other people's work and just experiencing that, breaking that down and seeing how that fits into, uh, into my life, into, into uh, things that I've maybe have on my mind or just, you know, type of mood that I'm in as far as uh, my life and everything like that. And mm -hmm. that's that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about getting to know uh, filmmakers like yourself over the years is the fact that it's like you you feel like there are sometimes there are films, even, even, even if it's a short film, that will uh, just sort of hit you at the right time and just something oh, yeah. that has an impact. And uh, that's that's something that I've really uh, come to felt, really come to appreciate over the years. And uh, it's it's something that I I feel like with a lot of the filmmakers I've come to know that you know they they have th their art has an impact on me, and it's like being able to bring that bring that uh, art to other people and say, hey, check check this out if you have a chance. Even if it's a short film, even if it's a film that is, you know, is not going to be in theaters, you know, in 3,000 theaters, the fact of the matter is it's still, I, I feel like it still has a place. 
And uh, yeah, absolutely. I wish more people would watch short films because I've seen some mind blowing short films over, oh, yeah. the, <laughs> over the years. And it's like crazy. It's like you'll sit down and watch like a 20 minute or 30, 40 minute TV show. It's like you could fit a couple short films in there. And it's like the quality is amazing, too. But yeah. I feel that, too. I have, uh, you know, one of the things I've kind of uh, gone back with is one thing I was glad this worked out shooting a DP, a DP for uh, Seeds was a. Uh, and uh, I've been doing, I did a couple music video a little while back too, just to just to shoot more. Was mm-hmm. I remember, you know, trying to figure out how to get some real money for films. You know, it's going to take time. And then I was thinking how I got into it. Speaking of being coming from a more visual background and sim- and then sim- always liking cinematography. I was like, I got into this and thinking I was going to do cinematography and then direct things. And then I just started writing things and yeah and directing. And that was one of the things I'm going through now is go back to what I originally wanted to do at first and that's do photography. And I tell you, it's extremely rewarding and really fun. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> frustrating and I'm, a, I'm always a perfectionist about things I do, but you try, you know, to have a good balance with that. But, um, yeah, sometimes you just got to, sometimes you just got to move on to other things too. It's good to be, have to, you know, someone who wants to write, it's a good thing that they paint. I always have like that second thing because sometimes you do feel tapped in one area and you can just go to another area mm-hmm. and creative and get things going and have that all that good feeling and then go back, you know, back and forth, whatever you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the, and going, going to what you were just talking about, uh, what, what is it like for you? Uh, I would imagine it's got to be to a certain extent, some of a relief to be able to go from, directing your own work to just being cinematographer and focusing on that aspect of the creative process. Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun. And it's because I like being around uh, film. I like working on film and I like cinematography. I like directing. So it's like you just have all these less responsibilities. (laughs) (laughs) It's still a major one. And you still, and within what you're doing, there's a million little things. So if it's more of something it feels mentally than an act than a reality. Um, I guess if you, you wait them out, the director always has more to do, but uh, it's, you kind of just fo- start focusing on this one thing. And it's like, I, I guess the best way to describe, explain it is like when you got like a, a restaurant, you have some guys that do a bunch of things and it's great. And then you have that like one master and mm-hmm. he just does the thing and it's always great. He just gets to zone in. You just get to kind of zone in on this one world and other problems that happen are not yours to deal with. <laughs> just, and I can see some of those things that no, 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 nothing bad has happened, but just like <laughs> the normal stuff that you would go through. And it's like, oh man, I'll have to deal with that. This is awesome. Just come here, create art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of like, you know, I guess maybe some people who haven't been on the side of a director realizing how many questions they have to answer and how many things that you have to think through and uh, all that. Um, you know, it's a lot and it's, it's not an easy task. Anyone who completes a film, uh, you know, it's, why it's always a great accomplishment but uh going back to the dp you get you know any other position you get a certain amount of things cut and uh that those type of pressures i guess is really where it is mm-hmm. and that part's a relief and you can just lock in and i don't know i'm having like i'm always had fun when i made films but there's something about uh just coming on and helping someone else and doing that that's also really fun as well so i guess it's a new type of fun mm-hmm. <laughs> but the pressures are definitely less you still yeah. have to work I'm still freaking out over certain types of things. I missed focus on this little thing and all that jazz, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much for your uh, time today, Christopher. I'm really glad we were able to do this.
Yeah, me too, man. It's like we've known each other for a while online, so it was great to sit and chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely, uh, I definitely. Uh, where do you have a uh, website that people can go to? I mean, I know some of your stuff is on Vimeo and on YouTube, and you mentioned uh, we're delusion of life not to follow our. But do you have a specific website that you have? Oh uh, yeah, it's just my name, ChristopherDenunzio.com. And people can go on there. I actually have a bunch of photography you can look at. You can see trailers for films. Um, actually, might have some posted. I should have mentioned that before. But um, and there's also links to where the stuff you you know, we're delusion the life not to follow, where you can get it and see it. And um, you know, and there's some link and there's some links back to IMDb and things like that. You can. But there's actually a lot to go there. So uh, definitely check it out. Look at some photography. Drop a line. Have fun. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much for joining me today, and I'm going to uh, shut off the uh, record for a minute, make sure everything's good to go on that end. All right. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. I'd like to thank Christopher Denunzio for joining me today. It's uh, It was a lot of fun to talk to him about the creative process, the ebbs and flows of creativity, as well as a couple of his features, and... Uh, to give a preview of what he's got coming up. Uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to hearing more from him. Uh, for now, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, join us at the Sonic Cinema Patreon. I've got a recent quick take uh, video that I posted on the notion of what a classic film is in the uh, modern cinema that I posted inspired by the Oscars and some of the discussion I saw after the Oscars. I've got another uh, glimpse of the book coming up as well as uh, more podcasts and uh, audio extras that I hope you'll enjoy. So thank you very much for joining me. This is Brian Scuttle and the Sonic Cinema Podcast saying uh, goodbye for now. <laughs>